Have you finished your personal statement yet? Now's the perfect time to get it professionally reviewed by a medical school HQ expert advisor. We have former directors of admissions, admissions officers, and the like on our small team of amazing people. They have the inside knowledge from reading thousands and thousands and thousands, tens, if not 100,000 personal statements going through the process and setting up the process for their whole committee. They know exactly what medical schools look for and the common red flags that can get your entire application thrown out. Take advantage of our flash sale right now, going through May 6th, up to 6,000 characters reviewed for just $150. That's a $75 discount on our regular price. Go to editmyps.com. Again, that's editmyps.com. If you're applying to medical school in 2022 to start medical school in 2023, join me Wednesday or Thursday, Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Eastern or Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern at premedworkshop.com. Go register today. I'm going to show you how to tell your story in your application. Again, that's premedworkshop.com. If you are applying to medical school in 2022, be there or be square. The Premed Years is part of the MedEd Media Network at mededmedia.com. This is the Premed Year, session number 215. Hello and welcome to the two-time Academy Award-nominated podcast, The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your pre-med success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. I want to wish everybody a happy and healthy New Year. This is the first episode of 2017. I hope everyone's holidays were fantastic. Maybe you're listening to this podcast on a new shiny device or a shiny new device and uh, are listening maybe on fancy new headphones, listening. Hopefully you don't hear all the imperfections in my voice through those fancy new headphones. But I just wanted to say welcome to the Prima Deers. If this is the first time joining us or me If this is not your first time joining, welcome back. I got a few emails over the holidays from people taking long car rides saying that they found this podcast and just started listening. So welcome to all of the new listeners. Go check out everything we're doing over at mededmedia.com. This podcast came out of a discussion that I had today with a student that I was doing uh, a mock interview with. And... She is a career changer. She started her career in finance, went to school for business, was in finance, and quickly decided that she wanted to go into healthcare and was able to transfer jobs through a connection into a healthcare field and through that job became interested, more interested in healthcare and started a nursing program. And decided quickly that she would probably want to go on and get her NP for to, to be a clinical nurse and, and to actually practice um, as, as an NP. And that kind of fell through the cracks. Now she's, she's uh, applying to medical school and, and has graduated as a nurse. 
and has been working now for several years and, and now wants to go back and be a physician. And when I pushed her on this topic of, of why are you changing course? Why are you now wanting to be a physician? Why, what was it that when you were in finance, what, what sparked your mind and said, I need to be in healthcare? And she couldn't tell me. Uh, and I wanted to talk today about why. Why do you want to be a doctor? Why is it that you're embarking on this journey to, to take four years of your life for medical school and three plus years for residency and get hundreds of thousand dollars in debt? Why are you doing that? What were your motivations? What was your spark? If you don't know those things, if you don't know those things, you need to take some time and figure that out. And so we actually dug and dug and dug and dug. And I, I learned that there was more to her story than she was letting on. And she had a, a family member or, or herself, she um, had a lot of health care as a teenager, and that was her initial interest, being involved and seeing all these physicians and, and everything else. And that's a common initial story. But the, the next question is, what did you do next? You can't just say, I want to be a doctor because I had a lot of health issues as a kid. Because that's, that's not a good reason to be a doctor. There are plenty of people that have health issues that never go on to be physicians. What did you do? What was so special about your interaction that made you take that next step and go volunteer in a hospital or go find somebody to shadow? Go and obviously be pre-med and start down that path. What? What was it about that experience? What emotions did you have? What impact did that have on you? Why did you take those next steps? It's important to tie that together. You have this initial motivation, this initial seed that's planted in your head. You need to take that next step. Whether your parent is a physician, whether you're a first-generation immigrant and you you want to do better than your parents of, of working all the hours that they're working and you want to make an impact, that it, it doesn't make any sense for you to just want to be a physician because of that. So I want to actually break down some questions, or not questions, some answers that students have been giving me through mock interview sessions. And I want to talk about them and talk about what's good and what's bad and and help you, as you're listening to this, start formulating your mind and start thinking about what your motivations are behind going down this journey. Because they, they need to focus around a couple things. The, the obvious things there, you love science, you love helping people, great. Those are kind of unsaid necessaries. You don't need to tell people that you love science and you love helping people. I hope you like science enough to to suffer through your undergrad career as a pre-med with it and then take four years or, or two years for clinical 
exper- uh, clinical classes in medical school for it as well. And then obviously the helping people part. You're entering a career where you are going to help people and people are going to be demanding of your time and demanding of your your empathy and demanding of, of everything because they need help. So I, I hope you want to help people. I hope you love science. Those aren't good reasons to want to be a physician. You need more than that. So let's go ahead and, and talk about some of these reasons. So I want to continue talking about the student that I talked to today, the one that talked about starting off in finance and and then transferring over into a healthcare-related field but not clinical and then going on and, and getting her nursing degree and then thinking about becoming an NP. And she talked about, as I was asking this question, she talked about talking to NPs and learning their story. And after talking to them, she learned that she wanted to pursue becoming a physician instead. She talks about wanting in-depth knowledge of clinical medicine, and she knew she wasn't going to get that through a nursing program or an NP. And so she felt strongly that she needed to pursue medicine. I asked a follow-up question. I said, okay, so you, you want in-depth knowledge. You can do that through being an NP. You, you can study as much as you want and gain as much knowledge as you want. What is it about being a nurse or being a physician or being whatever? What is it about being a physician in this specific case that that makes you think that having that in-depth knowledge is going to make you satisfied. And her answer was that she wanted to be the clinical expert, have the, the, be the knowledge expert and make the final decision. So I thought about that and I still wasn't satisfied with that answer. Because that answer focused on her and her knowledge and, and her power of yielding the final decision. I would argue that in many states, a PA and an NP, a lot of states, you can, you can practice independently these days. And so you can make the final decision as a PA or an NP, and you can study as much as you want and do as much homework after you graduate from your programs as an NP or PA and get the level of knowledge that you want. There has to be something more. Not once in her explanation did she talk about the patient. What impact would she have on the patient? And that was a big thing that hit home and and stood out to me significantly. So think about that. When you're talking about your answer and and your explanation behind why you want to be a doctor. If, if you want the most in-depth knowledge in the world about the human body, great. What does that mean for the patient, though? Think about it in those terms, and it comes across a lot differently. Another student that I did a mock interview with today, I talked about transporting a patient, and the patient's having a CT scan, and the the tech noticing something on the CT scan and, and kind of mentioning it to 
this student about, hey, maybe you should be a little gentler with this patient. There, there might be something in here that I see, and, and so just be careful. And so the student was careful and transported the patient back up to the room and told the nurse, like, hey, the tech saw this finding. Maybe we should be gentle. And the, the student talked about how the nurse and the tech were both reprimanded in that situation because they were going above and beyond their scope of knowledge and their, their scope of practice. And while I agree that they're going above and beyond their scope of practice, they are doing it for the benefit of the patient. And this student, when I was probing him about why he wanted to be a physician, he gave this as an example of, of why he wants to be the, the physician to have that scope of care so that he can, he can have that level of knowledge. He doesn't want to feel limited in what he can do. He doesn't want to feel limited in using the information at his fingertips. And it came across in a negative way because he, he was coming at it from the point of view that he, he doesn't want to be limited by, quote-unquote, the man, by the credentials that are telling him what he can and can't practice. And so it was very similar. So it was uh, to, the, to the previous student who talked about having this depth of knowledge and this understanding, this second student was talking more about actually the practice of it and not being limited. Again, nowhere in the conversation was the patient. And so we, we reworked it so that it wasn't negative about being mad that the, the nurse and the tech were reprimanded and, and, and how dare they, whatever. We reworked it so that he could talk about how the nurse and the tech are limited in their scope of practice to affect change in the patient and and do well by the patient and, and do something to help the patient. The, the nurse and the tech were very limited, even though, according to the tech, there was something obviously wrong with this patient that needed to be handled. And so we talked. I talked with the student. I said, look, if you reframe this and talk about how you don't want to be limited because you want to be able to act on information and actually make a difference immediately for that patient that changes the whole sentiment of what you're saying. It now focuses on the patient and helping the patient with that increased level of, of ability and scope of practice. So you're not limited in what you can do. You can use that information immediately to help that patient. Focus on the patient. Another student a while ago talked about kind of the stereotypical, the, the cliche things about the interest in medicine, science, and clinical experiences, and enjoying sciences in, in class during school, and, and being a science nerd in the science Olympiad, and, and loving the, the intellectual stimulation of being given a list of symptoms and trying to find the diagnosis. Those are all very cliched things, easy to talk about, don't, aren't really relevant to why you want to be a physician. And this student then talked about having the satisfaction to make a difference, and specifically, obviously, a difference in the patient's life. 
And when she was able to tie it together with that, it made a huge difference in how I took her discussion about why she wanted to be a physician because she was able to relate it to a patient. You're entering a field to be a clinical physician. Most people, some people that are listening maybe want to be researchers, uh, bench researchers, and, and not see a lot of patients. But most of you listening are wanting to enter clinical medicine. And clinical medicine means interacting with patients and helping patients. And so tie your why medicine together with your patients. Another student that I worked with talked about her initial interest being her father, who was a physician, and being exposed to medicine and having that interest in hearing cases at dinner time and visiting his work and seeing all that happening. A lot of kids who have parents who are physicians don't themselves go on to become physicians. So what is that next step? For her, she started off pre-med, took a little hiatus, and then as a patient, she had a connection with her physician. And she realized that she was missing that and remembered that and, and drew upon those experiences and those discussions and hearing her dad talk about the, the clinical side of medicine, even though he's a radiologist, I don't know how much clinical there is there. But anyway, the, the, it, when she was experiencing this as a patient, it drew her back into the, re, the pre-med world because the connection that you can have with the patient as a physician. And that immediately hit home to me because she's talking about connecting with a patient. She's not saying her dad's a physician, therefore she wants to be one. She's saying... I want to have a connection with a patient. And I want to do that through being a physician. There are many ways that you can connect with a patient. You can be a social worker. You can be a psychologist. You can do lots of things. But she wanted to do it from the physician standpoint, partly because of those initial exposures with her father, who was a physician. So take that into consideration. How do you want to impact What interactions do you want to have with them? What impact do you want to have on them? Another example here of a student who talked about nursing versus medicine, and I, I kept wanting more. This student talked about their her her dad being a nurse and so she, she was interested from a young age in healthcare and listening to her parents talk about healthcare despairs uh, uh, disparities and so she was interested in sciences and she started shadowing a physician in college and so i i questioned that leap how did you go from your dad being a nurse to you wanting to be a physician where did that leap come in especially if you have a parent who is in healthcare as a nurse, uh, as a PA, you're going to have to answer, why not a nurse? Why not a PA? Think about those answers. So this student talked about how in medicine you have more knowledge. We've heard this one before. A lot of students talk about the increased level of knowledge that physicians have versus nurses, versus NPs, versus PAs. Yes, it's true. We go to school a lot longer than NPs and PAs. They have a good deal of knowledge, 
but our knowledge is more in-depth, more broad. And so that answer alone isn't sufficient enough. She talked about having more knowledge and increased clinical knowledge. And I, as I listen to these students during mock interviews, I type notes and in bold letters at the end of this line, I said, why is that important? Why do you want this increased knowledge? She followed that up with saying, physicians have more autonomy. And that's another kind of dagger in my heart when, when students say that. That's not a reason to want to be a physician. You need to, because again, I can make that argument that in, in some states, as a nurse, as a PA, you can have autonomy and practice and do your thing. So you, you need to start thinking a little bit deeper than just, I want to be the boss. Think about that. Why do you want this increased clinical knowledge? Why? What is it about the autonomy? You could mention, I, I know in some states that PAs and NPs have some autonomy, but I want to be able to practice in any state where I choose to live in the future and, and not have to worry about what state I'm in and if I can practice on my own. And I may ask, well, why is that so important to you? Why do you want to practice in an autonomous fashion, if that's the right word, a way to say that? What is, what is so important about practicing and, and having that autonomy? So think about those things. Another student who sent a dagger through my heart was a, a student we were talking about a a physician having the quote-unquote power to make decisions, making medication decisions, treatment plan decisions. And it, it was that, that dagger because, again, NPs, PAs, they make treatment decisions. They make medication decisions. They... They have this power. A lot of NPs and PAs are practicing in an environment where maybe technically they have oversight, but they're working pretty much on their own. And maybe the physician reviews a couple charts every now and then, depending on what the, the rules say need to be done. So dig deeper, dig deeper, dig deeper. You need to dig deeper. It's not just having the power of making decisions because it's that's not strictly anymore specific to being a physician there has to be more to your answer one student here that got it mostly right was a student who talked about having this desire to always kind of want to help people and give back and she was a on the kind of pre-med track in high school, which is kind of cool if you're in high school and it has a pre-med track, and going to the morgue in 10th grade and and looking at a, a human liver and, and handling a human liver and AP bio. But once she hit college, she became a scribe and followed a physician. And what she said with that experience was how she noted that the physician how the physician makes the patients feel comfortable. And seeing that, seeing that interaction, having that solidify why she wanted to be a physician. There is an interaction between a physician and a patient that only a physician and a patient have. Some NPs and PAs have that connection with patients, but 
there is this unique perspective and, and psychology with patients that the doctor is there treating you. And so that is powerful. And this student realized that and said, the physician makes these patients comfortable. That's what I want. This last one here I want to mention is somebody who is technically already a doctor. They have a PhD, and they now want to go back and be a physician. And their PhD is in psychology, and they are very well integrated into a great healthcare system in the Northeast area and interact with neurologists. And she realized at some point that being a physician was what she really needed to do. And she used those words, and it was powerful when she said that. By talking about needing to be a physician, she saw what she was doing as a psychologist, and she witnessed what her mentor was doing. The mentor was a neurologist, and seeing what he was able to do and, and how he was able to affect the patient. She, as a psychologist, couldn't do that. And she wanted that opportunity to treat patients. She needed it. She needed that opportunity to treat patients. And she, she said it in that way and, and that powerful. And it just hit home to me. She focused on the patient. And that was so powerful to hear. It wasn't about her or her level of knowledge, her power, her autonomy. It was about the patient. Think about that as you're formulating your response to why you want to be a doctor. If you're listening to this and you work with me in the future, I'm going to ask you this question. Why do you want to be a doctor? It's an important thing to know. You need to know this. You need to practice it. And if you listen to this podcast and you don't get it right, I think I'm going to have some punishments for people. Maybe do some push-ups or something. (laughs) I don't know what I'm going to do. But anyway, I I hope this will help all of you listening. As you listen to this, listen to it again. Start thinking about your answers. Listen to this one more time. Think about how your answers are fitting into what we just talked about and if you're on the right track. If you're interested in working with me for mock interviews, don't hesitate. I've had to turn down a lot of people that are emailing me at the last minute saying, I want to work with you, and I just don't have time for them. Uh, I've been lucky that a lot of people want to work with me and I've been very busy and people are emailing. People are still getting interviews uh, late into January, beginning of February. And so they're getting an interview going, oh my gosh, I got an interview. I want to work with you. And I'm like, sorry, I don't have time. So if you're interested, go check out our services, go to medicalschoolhq.net and at the top there, click on our services and the mock interview prep I hope to hear from you. If not, this this podcast and all the other podcasts that we do all on the interview process should help you out tremendously. And also, obviously, my book, The Pre-Med Playbook Guide to the Medical School Interview, it's being published in June of this year, June of 2017. You can pre-order it on Amazon right now for the paperback version. You can get the Kindle version right now, which was my self-published version, the 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 published publisher version of the Kindle is coming out soon. You can sign up for Kindle Unlimited 
and read my book for free, which is pretty awesome. And yeah, so go check out all those things. All right. I hope, as I said at the beginning, you have a happy, healthy new year. As always, I hope you continue to check us out every week at the medical school headquarters, MedEd Media, and here at the Pre-Med Years.